Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from WiseWealth. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you today? I am excited to be talking to you again. I, uh, you know, I came off that last podcast, and, and listeners, if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. Uh, I came off that last podcast just thinking, man, I'm learning a lot. So I appreciate that. I want to <laughs> say thank you to that, and uh, I, well, I'm looking forward to learning more today. I really appreciate that. That is definitely a passion of mine to be, uh, be be an educator, be a trainer. That was my former occupation before I became a financial planner as a teacher and a coach. And so those uh, those things have never left me. So I enjoy doing it. And I appreciate the fact that uh, you're learning something. That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping we all are. And I, I pretty much guarantee that the audience is learning something from this. And I know they're going to learn a lot today. We've got a lot to cover. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, today I want to talk about the five principles of retirement income planning. Hmm. Um, We believe that, you know, principles are what matters. You know, most people want to go directly into the, uh, maybe into the products or into the portfolios or into methods. And there was a quote that I read before that I want to start the show by, by mentioning it's from Harrington Emerson that says, as to methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. The man who tries methods ignoring principles is sure to have trouble. So this is something that has really guided, you know, me as I, you know, put together our financial planning firm in uh, Simplify Retirement in this podcast and uh, making sure that we focus on the principles. You know, most traditional financial advice, I would say, that's out there. They go directly into, you know, Morningstar, you know, reports. They go directly to the investments. Mm -hmm. They go directly to the methods. And so we want to talk about the principles first. All financial planning starts with principles, or at least it should. And then you could build out, uh, you know, the various parts of it from there. But I want to make sure everyone who's listening to the show, they they get a grasp of these five principles. Yeah, I've never heard that quote, and I love it. Because to (laughs) me, it it really echoes their... If you're just using methods, it's all trial and error, right? I mean, right. it's it's that's how we learn a lot when we're younger, and and <laughs> as children, we learn trial and error um, due to I, I would say ignorance in a lot of ways. We just don't know how to do something, but we don't have the foundation of principles to help right. us through that because we just don't understand that concept yet. And as adults, I think that. Anyone who has spent any time in the presence of wise people <laughs> would agree saying, right. you know what, if you've got this foundation of, of the principles, then the methods yeah. are much clearer because we could That's we could right. take a long road to get to the, the final answer if we just use methods and you know, pick up every yeah. tool in our toolbox and try it on, on a right. simple thing that we just we should have just had a, a good foundation for. <laughs> That's right. And another thing too is that principles, generally speaking, don't change. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to follow the principles. Sometimes the methods might change. Sometimes the, the products might change. Sometimes 
Uh, there are certain investments that uh, that come and go and that uh, that are working well for certain periods of times in life. And you can switch the investments, but really the principles always remain. And that's why we want to be, we call our financial planning your principles-based planning. And it's uh, it's because the principles are not going to change. Yeah, they're a constant. And that, that sounds yes. good to me. So how many principles are we talking about today? We're going to talk about five principles. All right. All right. Let's get started. All right. Absolutely. Uh, the first principle is this, no investment decisions outside the context of a plan. That's very important that, uh, that clients do not make decisions. Uh, and when I'm going to say decisions, investment decisions outside the context of a plan. And so there's two parts of this. As a financial planner and the president of Wise Wealth, our team of financial advisors here is also not going to give any investment recommendations outside the context of a plan. So before any investment decisions should be made, before any investment recommendations are made, we always start with a plan first. And uh, you and I, Eric, in, in the previous podcast and, and podcast before have always talked about the value and the importance of having a plan. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely important for a lot of reasons, but one of them is this one right here. And that is once you have a plan in place, you start with that. And once you have a plan in place, now all of a sudden you have a matrix, we can call it, or a decision-making mechanism to, to evaluate investment options. So what I find a lot of times is that people listen to the radio or they'll listen to, uh, they'll watch TV or they'll, they'll get some, you know, financial magazine. There's an offer for an investment. It doesn't really matter what the investment is. It could be gold. It could be life insurance. It could be annuities. It could be a mutual fund. It doesn't matter what the investment is. And the nature of advertising is such that it all sounds really good. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, the point of advertising is to make sure whatever they're advertising, you know, makes it look like the greatest investment in the world and you're crazy for not owning this thing. And so what most of us do when we hear these advertisements, we get excited about it and we think, oh man, I need to own this thing. And so a lot of people end up owning a bunch of stuff in their portfolio. They have no idea why they own it. How does it fit? You know what I mean? Is it, is it you know, fulfilling what need in their long-term you know, financial planning or retirement income planning? And so what a plan does for us, for the clients and for us as financial planners is we can look at it and say, now all of a sudden, now that you have a written plan in place, now, when you hear about a certain investment, you can look at your plan and the question you should always ask yourself is this, where does it fit in the plan? Mm -hmm. Around here, we've got a little thing that we always say, there is no such thing as a bad investment, only a bad fit. Uh, you know, one investment, you know, may be good for one person, but not for the other. And that, that has nothing to do with the investment itself. It has to do with whether or not it fits for that person at that time. Yeah, And so whether or not an investment is good or bad is not based on the investment itself. It's based on whether or not you bought it and it fits within your plan. It's a bad investment if you bought it and it really doesn't fit in the context of your plan. Yeah, and I think timing has a lot to do with that too, because just for right. myself, if I lived in South Carolina, which I'm not going to promote South Carolina, but I love it. <laughs> if I lived yeah. there near the coast, 
I could easily convince myself that that boat that I want would be a good investment because then I can right. I could do some weekend you know charters and things like that and take people right. out fishing and all that. Well, right now I work full time, so that would not be yeah. a good investment. It would be fun, <laughs> but it wouldn't fit. be a good investment. And if right. I had a good plan to get me to my retirement, the boat at that point when I'm not right. working full time would be a great investment to make some extra exactly. money and enjoy my retirement. But <laughs> it's bad <laughs> yep. timing now. <laughs> that's a great example. Exactly. Right. So, the, uh, so someone might say that the guy who's 60 years old, hey, man, that's a great investment. To the guy who's 40 years old, no, man, it's not a good investment. Exactly. It's the same exact investment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's yep. based on timing, like you said, and it's based on the context of plan. So it's very important that everyone has a plan. That's why we always start there because then if you don't have one, you have no way of knowing whether or not it's a, it's a good investment or not. <clears throat> you have no way of knowing whether or not it fits or not. So the plan is first, and then make all your investment decisions within the context of a plan. So a client should always ask themselves, regardless of how good the investment sounds, where? Mm -hmm. Where does it? If it fits somewhere within the plan, if it makes sense from a liquidity standpoint, if it makes sense from an income producing standpoint, if it makes sense from a growth standpoint, then it, you can justify owning that investment. So that's very important. That's the first one. Do not make any investment decisions outside the context of a plan, which implies that you do have a plan. So that's step one, and then make your decisions based on that plan. Yeah, I, I think that is absolutely the rock bottom foundational piece mm -hmm. of this because, I mean, we, you already talked about plans and how important that is, and that is definitely where to start. But yeah, I, I couldn't agree more because right. it helps to remove the emotion away from things like that boat that I was talking right. about. I, emotionally, yeah. I would just jump on that. But yeah, um, it, 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 if my, I have somebody in my corner like you who's saying, okay, yes. how does this fit? Does this take That's away from right. that retirement plan or does this extend? Oh, geez. Okay, fine, Stephen. You're right. <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say that. If, if you said to me, hey, Stephen, I'm thinking about buying this boat and being a charter, you know, my question would not be, you know, I mean, what are you thinking about? That's crazy. You know what I mean? My, my question mm -hmm. would be, okay, where does it fit in the plan? We, we put a plan together yeah. and where would you say that that fits? And you'd be like, uh, uh well, it really doesn't fit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's, there's the answer to that question. That's so, it. All right. So that's the first principle. The second principle is the plan determines the products. Mm, okay. So this one is slightly different in, in terms of, you know, there's all the, we break down the products into three broad categories. There's a lot of investment products that people could invest in. Of course, you had to bring one up in the show today that no one really thinks about, and that is buying a boat to charter, okay? So you just <laughs> kind of threw off my entire... <laughs> no, just kidding. Most people think in terms of three types of products. There's bank products, mm -hmm. there are brokerage products, and then there are insurance products. Mm -hmm. Okay? So bank products, we're all familiar with that. We know what that means. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, safety, security, you know, checking accounts, savings accounts, money market accounts, CDs principal guaranteed. And then you have brokerage accounts. Brokerage accounts are, or products are products that are variable. They go up and down in value, which is what most investment products are. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not principal guaranteed, but they also have a higher potential rate of return. So here we're talking about stocks and bonds and mutual funds. And I throw real estate in there and commodities and okay. derivatives and all these kinds of things, anything that has market risk. So there's those types of investments. And then there's insurance. Insurance products are, there's really two insurance products and those are annuities and life insurance. Mm -hmm. And some annuities and life insurance pro products are principal guaranteed, some are not. So when, when you look at the broad range of products, 
you, there are there are two broad categories, and that is principal guaranteed and non-principal guaranteed. And then of those options, you have either bank products, brokerage products, or insurance products. Mm-hmm. So the question is, which one should you own? Hmm. Okay. Well, what's the <laughs> yeah, answer? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Everybody <laughs> wants to know the answer. Well, that it, it goes back to the second principle. The principle is the plan determines the products. And I know we're getting ready to uh, get into what a the three bucket plan, three bucket approach that we use mm-hmm. here at uh, my firm, Wise Wealth. And so we have three buckets. I'll just introduce them real quickly: a liquid bucket, an income bucket, and a growth bucket. So we would look at that and say, okay. In the liquid bucket, which products make sense? Bank products, brokerage products, or insurance products? In the income bucket, which products make sense? Mm-hmm, Should you be mm-hmm. using annuities and life insurance? Should you be using brokerage products? Should you use bank? Same thing in the growth bucket, which products make sense? So in other words, you look at the bucket that you're talking about, then you make the product decision. What most people tend to do is they take all of their money and they try to make a decision with all of it. And we just look at it and say, There's different parts to a plan. Uh, There's different things you're trying to accomplish within a plan. You let that section of the plan or that bucket of the plan determine which products you're going to use for that portion of the plan. Mm -hmm. It becomes more efficient that way. It's less risky that way. Normally, it's less costly that way. It's just the best way to do it. The plan determines the product. So if someone were to ask me, you know, should I invest in, you know, gold or should I invest in, should I own an annuity? So the real question is, what is the purpose of that product? Where would gold fit? Is it a liquid investment? Yeah, probably not. Is it a growth investment? Someone can make an argument that that's a growth investment. Is it to produce an income stream? Probably not. An annuity, uh, you're using it as a, you know, a liquid investment? Probably not. Are you looking at it as a growth investment? It's a possibility. As an income investment, it could really work. So that's what we mean by letting the plan determine the products. Mm. You know, it's it's interesting because this is kind of an aha moment where early on you said that the principles don't change, right? The principles are the mm-hmm. foundation. And this just spoke highly to me because mm. it, it, no matter what the timing of things are, the principles are the same because if I have a plan when I when I first got married, Stephen, I married early, had kids early. Uh, we were in our early twenties uh, when we had children, and at that point, my plan was the same as my plan is now: take care of my family, mm-hmm. protect my income, uh, protect yep. my 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 children and my wife, retire at some point, being able to enjoy time with my wife and maybe grandkids and great grandkids. Who knows what that is? Because I I don't know that future. However, that's the plan that I've stuck with ever since I first got married. Right. But when I was first married with very young children, I wasn't making a whole lot of money. I was early, early 20s. In fact, we're 21 when we had our first child. But I I just I just know that I had to protect my family, protect my income. And that was through term life insurance. This is not a recommendation. but That was the choice at that time. Even yep. though the plan never changes, for me at least, my mm-hmm. plan's not changing. That was something that I took advantage of then, whereas now at mm-hmm. mid-40s, it's a bit different. So that's I, right. I, that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, that's a great example because at that point in time, the product was term. That's the one that made the most sense at that point in time, mm-hmm. and it fit in the plan. So that's very good. And then later on, it may mean that you need a you know permanent life insurance exactly. policy or something like that. That's right, because the principles stay the same. And one thing you just mentioned there that I'm going to go into as a third principle, and that is protect the income, mm-hmm. grow the rest. Yeah. 
And this this is such a big one. It's funny that you mentioned that even in your twenties and thirties, that was your whole idea. That's what we all do. We we not we're not looking at it as from an investment standpoint, we're looking at it as a career standpoint yes. or a job standpoint. We're doing everything we can to make sure that we've got income coming in to provide for our family. And then what happens is as you get closer to retirement, you, you still want to have that same philosophy. So one day we're all going to walk out of the job. We're going to leave the company we work for. We're not going to get a paycheck for the work that we do. All of a sudden our investments, everything we've saved up to that point in time in our life, has to turn around and pay us back. And one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make, it's really the way that almost all financial advisors are taught, sadly, and that is once someone gets closer to retirement age, that the general idea, the general rule of thumb is you just get more conservative with all of your money. That just makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, you kind of change the asset allocation to something more conservative, and then you go into retirement leaving 100% of your money at risk, but in a lower, you know, risk profile type of portfolio. And mm. so we look at that and we say, well, first of all, the plan should determine the products. And I mean, uh, second of all, you have to protect the income mm -hmm. and grow the rest. So our philosophy is you should not get conservative with all of your money. You should get conservative with that portion of money that you need to produce an income stream that's the portion of the money you need to get conservative with the rest of it. You should really let it grow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so th that's why it's so important when we're doing planning that you figure out as soon as possible, how much income do you need from your investments? Once you have that number, you figure out what's the least amount of your investment assets. It's going to take to generate that income, protect that number. Don't take a risk with that. That's the whole point. Don't take a risk with your income stream now or in the future. Mm -hmm. That should always be protected. You, your spouse, your family should always know that no matter what, this money's going to come in no matter what. Then you take the rest of your money that you don't need for income and invest it uh, to, for growth. In other words, you can actually still have a growth-minded portfolio in your 70s and 80s as long as it's not the money that you need to produce the income stream. Always protect your income. Let the rest of it really grow. So you, you can have a 75% uh, stock portfolio in retirement, as long as it's not 100% of your assets. Mm. If it's only the assets that you don't need for income, that you don't need for long term, you can really let that money grow. And I think it's a mistake that people make that all of a sudden they get to retirement. And it's like, oh, I've got to make sure this little nest egg I have right here, I just protect this little thing and I got to make sure that nothing ever happens to it. And the goal is to make sure that I just, it's just stays there. I live off of it and it stays there. Well, you know, our philosophy is no, take the portion of that egg that it's going to take to produce the income stream, guarantee it, you know, mm -hmm. protect it and let the rest of that thing really grow. And over 10 years in 20 years and 30 years in retirement, that number should really be growing Yeah, that whole time. So that's a big one. It's a huge paradigm shift. And, and as far as I'm concerned, protect the income, grow the rest. And the next principle is related to this one. And that is principle number four, don't let your portfolio take a hit. All right, Stephen, that, that uh, brings up some memories. You, you've covered that in a podcast <laughs> before. And I know that that's HIT right. stands for something. Can you remind the audience what HIT stands for? That's right. HIT stands for healthcare, inflation, and taxes. Stephen, I know that you really yeah. dove in depth with, with those words specifically and you know what HIT stands for in a previous podcast. So 
audience, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. It was just a couple podcasts ago. Um, and mm-hmm. so wh- why is this such a strong principle for today's podcast? This is important, and I'm glad you brought that up. We did an entire show on just this one principle, and because it's one of the things that can really destroy someone's financial plan. As you know, and as our listeners know by now, we're such you know, we're big on having a plan. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to have a plan, we want to make sure that it actually works for the long term. And so as financial planners, we always have to look out into the future and say, what is it that could derail this plan? What could make this plan go off track? What could make this plan not work? And uh, we were kind of look at these as the big three uh, in, in the planning process. Most of the, the risks that are out there, we deal with within the context of the plan. Mm-hmm. The plan addresses all the risk, but there's still three that you really, that are unknown. Um, and these three are healthcare, inflation, and taxes that we don't know how it's going to impact the plan, yeah. but because it's always in the future. We know today, for example, how much a client needs for their income stream. We know what a client needs today to cover their you know, the retirement income goals. But then in the future, we don't know if healthcare costs are going to rise and if so, how much. We don't know what inflation is going to do. Nobody does. And we don't know if taxes are going to increase. Um, we can we can make a guess, uh, and we could certainly, you know, uh, from a planning standpoint, would say we need to plan on all three of these things going up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a reality. I think that's a realistic expectation that taxes at some point in time are are going to go up. They have to go up. Yeah, we know that inflation historically has been a lot higher than it is now, and especially in light of you know government spending, we feel like inflation is going to be an issue in the future. And in healthcare costs, when you look at you know the regular rate of inflation for urban consumers, the, the price of goods that go up on an average annual basis, what we normally look at as an inflation rate, uh, the cost for seniors is always higher than the, than the normal inflation rate because of healthcare costs. Yeah. And, uh, and, and living expenses associated with getting older. So therefore, you've got a plan and we just say, look, make sure you don't let your portfolio take hits. So how are we gonna handle this? What are you going to do if healthcare costs go up by you know five percent? Uh, what are we going to do if you know down the road in, in five years from now you need an extra three hundred dollars a month uh, because of inflation? Uh, what are we going to do if taxes go up and, and we start your retirement years assuming a fifteen percent tax bracket, let's say, but then you know fifteen years from now, all of a sudden you're eighty years old, now you're in a thirty percent tax bracket. Um, all those kinds of things. So we have to look at it and say, how would you handle this? In just you know teasing again the three bucket approach, we would handle this in the growth bucket. So in a future broadcast coming up very soon, I'm going to go into detail on the three buckets mm-hmm. and on the third bucket is our growth bucket. And when we get to that lesson, I'm really going to talk about why the growth bucket is so important and why it has to grow. And one of the main reasons is is because we have to make sure we. Uh, don't let our portfolio or our plan take a hit. Yeah. And that's where we're going to address that. All right. Sounds good. And then the final principle, number five, financial peace comes from having a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, financial peace is really financial peace of mind or financial security around your your plan. And what, what I found as a financial planner is, there really is no peace of mind that comes from a particular portfolio. Uh, there is no product that can give someone financial peace of mind. Uh, there is a 401k doesn't do that. An IRA does not do that. So what really gives people a peace of mind, security, 
an idea that they can enjoy their retirement is the fact that they have a plan. Mm -hmm. That's where financial peace of mind comes from. Because for example, in, in, the, in our planning process, we, we've already protected the income stream and we're growing the rest. In other words, we're not taking any risk with the income. The only money we have at risk is money we can afford to lose or to, to give ourselves time to recover because it has nothing to do with the income stream. That's just one example. Inside the plan, we're gonna make sure that we have covered the potential risk of long-term care. You and I have talked about this you know, in a previous podcast before as well. Uh, the, the focus on making sure that in the future, you don't let a long-term care, yeah. uh, stay or situation destroy everything you save for. So all these things, if you think about it, if you've got a plan to protect your income, if the plan, you know, covers you for long-term care, if the plan makes sure that uh, this hit that we just talked about doesn't impact you, you've got all these things, you know, planned out, you've got all these things, you know what you're going to do if any of these things happen. It doesn't mean bad things are going to happen. It doesn't mean that, you know, things could, you know, change over time, but it just means that at least you know what you would do if this thing comes up or if that thing comes up. And I'm telling you for most people, that's what they need. If, for example, and, and, and you always have to look at the alternative. The alternative is, okay, when I got to 65 years old, I switched my portfolio to 60, 40 asset allocation mix. I'm not too aggressive. I'm not too conservative, but hundred percent of my money's at risk. You still don't ever quite know for sure if you're going to, if, if, if a hit happens or if long-term mm -hmm. care happens, or if the stock market crashes, if you're going to have enough income. So by following this planning process, it gives our clients the peace of mind that they really need. And I think everybody's looking for that. Absolutely. And you know, one final quote I'll give you is this was in a study that was done by the Society of Actuaries of all people. Hmm. Uh, it was called the impact of running out of money. And they said for many Americans, retirement, once viewed as a time of relaxation, travel and enjoying life with family and friends has evolved into a time of financial uncertainty and fear. And I'll just tell you, Eric, that this is one of the biggest reasons why I do what I do, why my team does what we do, because we want retirement not to look like that. For most people who retire in America, I think they're going into retirement with financial uncertainty and fear. And the best way we know how to address that, the best way we know how to give, take that away from people and give people at least a peace of mind and some security and some hope is by having a plan. So financial peace comes from having a plan. Yeah. And I think that's a great spot to end on because I mean, that's mm -hmm. what we're truly about. And that's what you're truly about in your entire team. Yes. Uh, and I, I thank you for your time today. I know that we're sh really, really short on time for the podcast, yep. but I want to remind everybody, you said you were going to be going into deep depth on the three bucket approach on the next podcast, right? That's right. Looking forward to it. The next two are going to be big. Uh, we're going to go into the three bucket approach. We'll introduce it in the next uh, show. And the one after that, we'll, we'll finish the three buckets. Right on. All right, Stephen, thank you so much for your time. All right, Eric, absolutely. Great to be here today. Absolutely. And the last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for listening and tuning in to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. Obviously, we've already prompted you for the next podcast, the, the three bucket approach. It's incredibly interesting. Uh, I, I think that you'll gain a lot of knowledge out of it. So please subscribe so that you can be alerted when that does hit the airwaves. This also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. 
Thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Wise Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WiseWealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.